everyone. This is Dave DeBow coming at you with another episode of the Property Profits Real Estate Podcast. Today, zooming in from a rehab she's in the middle of working on, all the way from Orlando, Florida, we've got Erica Muller. Erica, how are you doing today? Good, Dave. How are you? I'm fantastic. So Erica is a vacation rental investment specialist. She's been in real estate sales for quite some time. And she also has a lot of experience investing in mobile home parks. And she has a portfolio of mobile home parks as well. So very, very interesting real estate journey. I'm definitely looking forward to diving into it. And it sounds like you're also doing rehab type stuff. So do you do flips too? Or are you yeah. working on one of your vacation rentals? No, this is a flip. It's actually, it's manufactured home flip. And there's a lot of money in these. So that's what we're working on right now. Is this in one of your parks or is this something that, that you do on the side as well? Nope. This is actually in a totally different market than my parks. This one is in Astatula, Florida. And we get these every now and then, you know, as either fire sales, bank owned, stuff like that. So this one we picked up for $60,000. We're going to be, we put about 10 into it. We're selling it for one thirty-five. So, and it's a quick, easy flip. Nice. Nice. So. Yeah. So it sounds like you must have quite a quite a team. I mean, you're doing a bunch of different strategies, different markets. Plus, are you are you still a, a realtor yourself as well? Is that correct? Yeah, I mean, I work mainly now with fund clients or investors moving 1031 money at a certain price point. And I have a team of real estate agents that I've trained to sell vacation rentals under my system of selling them. So, you know, my clients I'm very choosy with because my time is, you know, limited. So I'm still working with certain individual clients, yes. All right. Well, maybe let's let's start with the vacation rental business because that's that's interesting for a lot of people. So why don't you tell us very, very briefly, how did you get into that and what do you do with that now and kind of how do you set things up with your clients for these kind of problems? Yeah, of course. So I got into that back when the world was falling apart, the real estate collapse happened and there was nobody buying or selling real estate. It was just bad. And I had to find a way to make money. And at the time, it was just a, you know, it was a survival move. I had stumbled upon the niche in when everything was falling apart. I saw that there was still a lot of international money flowing in to the country, picking up all these properties to use as what they called holiday homes. So I started specializing in that. This was before Airbnb existed. And then two years later, Airbnb hit the scene. The whole market exploded. I already had a sales system for this. I already knew these investments like the back of my hand. I created and invented certain financial models for them that were never used before. So I built a pretty big client base over the last 13 years in this niche and evolved it into you know a marketplace and a national platform for investors to learn how to invest and connect with the right real estate agents to invest in buying vacation rentals. All right. So what would you say kind of, what are some of the biggest mistakes you see people making when they're trying to get into the vacation rental business? Sure. A lot of the mistakes they make are that they're coming in with the wrong mindset. They think they're buying a house. They think they're buying a property, but they're actually buying a business. And so a lot of people don't understand the time commitment or how valuable that correct property management connection can be. And because they think they're just buying a house, it's that host versus landlord mentality. So you get all these people coming in, think they're going to be a landlord and do really nothing and collect checks when that's not the case. It's a hospitality business. It's not a tenant. It's a guest. So there's a whole business model behind it. And somebody who has a full-time job and doesn't and wants to rely full-time on management, they're really not going to cash flow very much because management will eat up a lot of your expenses. 
So there are certain strategies that they would have to follow to actually produce high income from these type of investments. And those people that follow those systems and work it like that do very well. But that's the biggest mistake is just having the wrong mindset and not understanding that this is a business investment, not a property investment. So who's kind of the ideal? I mean, over the last 13 years you've been doing this, who's the ideal person to do this as a strategy? What have you, who, have you, who have you found are the most successful people at doing this? So actually the most successful people are the ones that either they have a spouse or a partner or someone that they're working with that has the time to dedicate to running and operating the model in terms of responding to those that inquire on Airbnb or their other OTA sites in providing that unique guest that guest experience where it's the host that's responding to you. They know what's going on with their home. They're not hands off. Mm-hmm. So that investor is somebody that has an extra 15 hours, 10 to 15 hours in their week to be involved on that level. They're very successful that way. And also too, because a lot of that revenue that comes in is going directly to you since you're procuring those guests versus going to the property manager that's going to take a big commission slice off of that. So your ROI goes up. What would you say would be kind of the sweet spot as far as number of properties that somebody can manage like that in that 15 hours a week? Like people that have that extra 15 hours or have somebody in their life who can dedicate those 15 hours a week, how many properties can they realistically manage with that? I mean, it depends on how they build their management system and how much of it they outsource and, you know, they can build a structure to really kind of make it all work in an automated fashion. But really the number I've seen is like between two and five homes Mm -hmm. is where most investors with that kind of free time can handle. Anything above and beyond that, I think they really need to start leveraging either co-hosts or management partners to really come in and help them with that. Yeah, that makes sense. So in that three or four home, I know, obviously it's every market's different and every property's different and all that kind of stuff. But generally speaking, what are you seeing people or your, your clients getting as cash flow on these kind of properties? Yeah. As far as cap rates concerned. Yeah. Oh, what was that last part? Sorry. Sorry. If, if they're doing the management, at least a good chunk of it, the way you're talking about there. Yeah. I mean, for cap rate, it's like between six and 10%. I've heard of owners doing better than that. I haven't seen it on paper, but I've heard people talk about it right? So my clients, my investors, the numbers I run and the properties I analyze, I tell people to consider between six and 10% cap being a good return for vacation rental that they're going to be involved in. Cash on cash return, you know, upwards of 15. So it just depends on, again, like you said, the market, the price point they're at, the number of bedrooms, there's a sweet spot in every single market. So if you buy outside of that sweet spot, it doesn't really matter what market you're in, you're going to be capped off at what you can really make. So it's super important to know the market you're buying in and what the sweet spot is in that market to really maximize that. And again, there's people doing better than six to 10. So I've heard, I'm just saying what I've actually seen and analyzed, it's like 10 is on the high side. All right, cool. So Erica, very, very interesting that you're a specialist in in that, but you also do a lot of other stuff, including mobile home parks. Were you involved in mobile home parks before the vacation rentals or did that come after? No, actually that came after. Okay, so how did, um, how did that happen? Yeah, so actually my husband and I lost everything when the real estate economy kind of collapsed. When everything collapsed back in the big, um, I think it was even for a little bit before then for us because we were in South Florida, but it was bad. 
And so we lost everything. I got into vacation rentals, like I said, as a survival mode to begin with. And then I evolved it into something I love doing. But it took us a few years to kind of save money back up. And once we finally were able, we lived a very lean lifestyle, didn't live fancy, kept our living expenses way below what we could afford so we could save the money up to buy our first mobile home park. It was actually supposed to be self-storage. We always wanted to invest in self-storage. But when we started analyzing the numbers and looking at the capital investment to get started to be where we wanted to be with cash flow returns on self-storage, it was a lot higher of a capital investment than it was to get into mobile homes for that same return we were looking for. So we decided the mobile home park was the way to go. And it was the best decision we ever made because now we have four of them and they're large parks. They're doing really well. And that's all we buy now. Very, very cool. So you, you kind of crunched the numbers there. Are you focusing on parks in Florida or pretty much wherever it makes sense? Good question. Actually, none of them are in Florida. They're all in Georgia. And that whole little area up there, Georgia, North Carolina, Tennessee, that's a sweet spot for us. So that's kind of where we focus on because it's still within a day's drive. Mm-hmm. If we had to get up there for any reason, which we really never do. But if we had to get up there, it's a day's drive. But it's also a really good market for mobile home parks in general. Most of the ones we own are new and they're nice. So we do more of like the upper scale mobile home parks. Okay, very interesting. Well, that, that's, that's what I kind of thought. I mean, we, the, the property you're working on right now, if you paid 60000 for it, that's a decent mobile, that's a decent mobile home or modular home or whatever, whatever the yeah. vocabulary is in, in your area. To get started, yeah. that's for sure. And if you're going to be turning around and flipping it for 120, it's a pretty nice one. Yeah. yeah. So, so for those folks who aren't really super familiar with mobile home park investing, what are the what are the big benefits to that as an investment class versus, let's say, the self storage facilities or apartment buildings or something else people could be doing? Why, why do you like it so much? Yeah, I think well, the entry point to get into it for one you know, you don't need as much capital to get started with mobile home parks. You can get well, really well-performing parks for, you know, 300,000 in certain markets. You know, ours are up into the millions now, but like we started, our first one was eight, I think we bought it for like 875 and put 20% down. So when you look at what you would be, you know, entering into on a storage, self-storage facility for 875 with that amount down, it just, the numbers don't make sense in terms of comparison. So the entry point to get in is much better on mobile home parks. Two, I think there's more opportunity for mobile home parks because a lot of the bigger investors like large funds, companies like that are buying up a lot of self-storage. So you're competing with big time investors that are buying everything up. With mobile home parks, a lot of people are under the impression that they have to be land leases and not park-owned homes. And we actually buy all park-owned homes. We love it. It's a great model. So we don't have a ton of competition from other investors either because they all think they need to buy land lease parks. So they leave all the good ones for us, right? So the competition is less, I think. So so maybe explain what the difference is for folks that aren't super familiar with that. So land lease versus... Yeah. So land lease is where in a mobile home park, you don't own the mobile homes. The tenants own the mobile homes, but they're paying you to rent the land that it sits on every month. So you're not dealing with any kind of like maintenance or anything like that. You're just dealing with collecting the check for the land lease every month versus park owned homes where you own both the land and you own the mobile home that sits on it. So you're collecting the rent on the actual mobile home. And it's more of a setup like a multifamily apartment complex than a traditional mobile home park where you just own the land. So it's more of like the multifamily model. 
So just off the top of my head, I'm thinking, well, wouldn't that involve a lot more tenant and, and property management, almost like a an apartment building, but now instead of efficiencies of scale, because you've got all of them in one building, now you've got a whole bunch, they're all in one area, but you've still got challenges that way. It's what comes to me off the top of my head. What, what's been your experience with that? Yeah. So what I like about it is that, well, like I said, our parks are newer. Our, our mobile homes are either brand new or very new. So there's really not a lot of maintenance issues. Whether you're doing a park own or like a land lease or not, you still need a property manager because you're going to have issues with tenants coming in. You know, you get a lot, I hate to use this term, but you get a lot of like meth houses in mobile home parks that are doing land leases because there's really no overall like qualification of who moves in because you're, you're kind of detached from that process. So when well, we first bought our- really get into the homes because you don't own them, right? right. So it's a lot you, more you have no rights to get in or anything. So we can evict someone, get them out within a week to two weeks. Georgia has very friendly landlord laws. If the tenant is causing any problems in the park, we get them out. On land leases, it's a little more difficult to get people out of your park. Our, the very first park we bought, there was two lots in there that were a land lease. And they gave us more problems than any other home that we owned in there, mobile home that we owned. So we immediately got them out as soon as we could. And we put our own mobile homes on there. And it cost us $3,000 just to get one of those homes out because the tenant abandoned it. And it was, it was old and it was falling apart. We couldn't get anyone to take it away for free. So we actually had to spend money to get it out of there. So I, I don't ever want to deal with properties I don't own or tenants I can't qualify to come into the park. Because if you're trying to run a high-end park, you need to make sure that the tenants are background checked, screened. You don't want pedophiles moving in. You don't want criminals moving in. You want to keep the park nice because that's how the rents stay up. There's a lot of people looking to live in nice mobile home parks. So we actually had one park where we had a tenant that there was a shooting and it was bad and it was in a really nice high-end park. We got that tenant out right away and we moved a local cop in there and we gave them half off their monthly rent. Now there's a police officer living in there and we have no problems. That was not our mobile home and we didn't have control over the lease. It would have been very difficult for us to do that. And the park would have degraded really fast. And so would have our rent. That makes all sorts of sense. You're the, you're the first yeah. person I'm aware of that's focusing on that kind of mobile home park. I'm, I'm actually kind of ashamed to say it. I didn't even know those kind of existed. I thought they were all Hadley's <laughs> type parks. So. Oh, no. Yeah. There's plenty of, plenty of parks out there and the returns are incredible. I mean, they're ridiculous what we're doing. But just, so. just to get an idea, that one that you bought for eight seventy five, how many units were in that in that park? Yep. So it was a smaller park. There were seventeen units, uh -huh. and then there was also more lots for us to add on to, which we did. There was about four more lots, so we filled it to capacity. And you know that was our starter property, is what you would call it. Now we've increased the value of that park, you know, upwards of one point four, one point five, based on the cap rate we got it up to. So. There's also a lot of opportunity to buy them at a lower price point, increase the rents, do your value adds, and then sell it at a much higher price point. So there's, you know, park flipping is another business we're getting involved in too, is buying these parks that are underperforming, doing all the value adds, and then flipping them and selling them off to larger funds that want to buy them at a lower cap rate. So that's a good market too. And I'm just thinking off the top of my head, one of the big advantages to a park like that versus a 20-unit apartment building would be that you can li literally just replace a unit as needed versus having to rehab the entire building kind of thing, right? So, I mean, if you, like you say, you had those two, two lots that were leased out, got rid of those, got brand new, really nice units in there, I'm sure with great financing options yeah. also, 
yeah, much, yeah. much easier to kind of plug and play. Yeah, much easier. I mean, it's just, you deal with it on a case-by-case basis. And we have an excellent management partner. So, you know, a lot of it, we don't even have to see or deal with, but we, we definitely are involved. You know, my husband got his dealer's license to sell mobile homes. So now he can sell actual new mobile homes. So we're getting them at cost as well. So it's just Smart. great all around. Um, and we're helping. Yeah, we help a lot of people get started in this and, you know, buy parks, things like that. So it's, it's been fun and we love it and we're going to keep buying more parks. It <laughs> makes sense. Erica, time flies when we're having fun. If people want to find out more about you and what you're up to, what should they do? They can go to Vrolio.com, V as in Victor, R-O-L-I-O.com, sign up, create a free account, connect with me there, and we can set up a time to catch up or connect. But that's our vacation rental investment marketplace where they can look at all the vacation rentals for sale nationwide, what their performance look like, et cetera. So that's the best place to find me. Perfect. Very good. Well, thank you so much for your time. Good luck with the rentals on and the flip on this uh, modular home, mobile home that you're working on right now. And, and thanks for sharing some of your wisdom. Thank you for your time, Dave. My pleasure. All right, everybody. Take care. We'll talk to you on the next episode. Bye-bye. Well, hey there. Thanks for tuning into the Property Profits Podcast. If you like this episode, that's great. Please go ahead and subscribe on iTunes, give us a good review. That'd be awesome. I appreciate that. And if you're looking to attract investors and raise capital for your deals, then I'm going to invite you to get a complimentary copy of my newest book right back there. There it is. The Money Partner Formula. You can get a PDF version at InvestorAttractionBook.com. Again, InvestorAttractionBook.com. Take care.